three in the faith series uh, today. We our first lesson taught us that uh, we all have faith, and why do we have faith? Because the Scripture says God has given to every man the measure of faith. If God gives it to you, you got it. You might not use it, but you got it. We want to use what God gives us. We want to use our faith. And Wednesday night, because we missed a couple of Sundays, we. Wednesday night we went to the second lesson and learned that that we are saved by faith and uh, it is through grace by faith we are saved and so we know it takes the grace of God but you've got to have faith and implement that grace in your life so you can be saved and today our lesson title is this two words faith is so faith is we want to talk about what faith is what it is to have faith while you're standing Hebrews 11 and 11 says this Through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And our lesson idea today is our faith must be in who he is. How many knows who he is? Thank you, Jesus. How many understand who God is today? Our faith must be in who he is faith is not in circumstances or our ability. So our faith is in who He is. That's why the scripture says that we must believe that He is God and that He is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek Him. Those who have faith in Him are going to reap the reward because faith is always going to, when we have active faith, it's going to always blessings can always come through for us. So let's, let's pray for the lesson. Lord, thank you for your word, the promise of your word. Help us to receive it. Let our faith so high today. Let us trust in who you are. You said it in your word. You are the I am. You're everything we need. So we give our trust in you today. We love you. Bless this. Bless it. Bless this service and all that's done in it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. One more hand clap to the Lord for your seated. tell them you do have faith because God gave it to you. So I'll read a little opening story to go with our lesson today. How many people in here is a grandmother? How many grandmothers we have? They're all on this side. Well, grandmother. (laughs) Most grandparents would be content to take care of their grandkids. How many like taking care of their grandkids? Yeah, all these hands going, right, behave yourself. And so you take care of them, and then after spoiling them, you send them home to the parents. <laughs> but here's a lady. Her name is Amkari Panwar. She was not like most grandmas. In 2008, Miss Panwar traveled to a hospital about seven hours from New Delhi, India, and there she became the most aged woman in the world to give birth. She was 70. Any of y'all feel like coming out of retirement? <laughs> yeah. And she gave birth to twins. <laughs> she and her husband already had two daughters of their own. And they already had children of their own, but the Panwars had no male heir. So in desperation to sire one son, Mrs. Panwar underwent desperate measures. A few months later, they were holding a baby girl and a baby boy, and each weighed only two pounds. But the price tag for the procedure weighed very heavily on their finances. They sold everything to pay for it. Mr. Panwar sold the family buffalo. Everybody needs a buffalo. Uh, Spent their life savings, mortgaged his land, and still took out a loan to cover the expense. His wife was already 70, but she was only 70. 
You might think that sounds a funny place to put the word only. <laughs> only 70. But add 20 years to that and make it 90. And you have Sarah's age at the time of Isaac's birth. But before Sarah had a baby, what did she have? She had a promise. Before it was ever uh, produced, before it ever was born, before it ever was held in her arms, she first had a promise. She had a promise not from her husband. She had a promise from God. Let me tell you, when God promises something, I feel the Holy Ghost now. When God promises something, mm, it's going to come to pass. When God gives you a promise, you might not be holding it in your arms right away. But faith is in who He is. And He's God. And it's impossible for God to lie. When God gives a promise, it's going to come to pass. You might have to wait a little while. But God's going to come through. And if she was going to have this baby, she was going to have to have faith that God would be faithful to perform on his promise. Now, Abram received the promise. When this story starts off about this, this husband and wife having a child, uh, Abram gets the promise. And in Hebrews 6 and 13, it says that when God made promise to Abraham, that Abraham was able to have a strong consolation in this because of one one great or two actually two great things, but the one in verse 18 says that it is impossible for God to lie. Yeah. And that ought to help us stand strong today, knowing that when God promises something, it's going to come to pass. It's impossible for God to lie. It can't happen. He can't tell a lie. It can't come out of his mouth. It can't come out of his word because it's already established forever in heaven the word of God telling us that it's impossible for God to lie. When God tells you something, it's going to come to pass. Unless we, and it, 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 sometimes it might go into holding because we start doubting. Maybe sometimes we miss what should have happened because we went the wrong way because we didn't wait on God. But when God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Because it's impossible for God to lie. And so I think about, and if you've read your scripture, your Bibles, you know in Genesis it starts talking about Abram being contacted by the Lord. And uh, that day, it started out like every other day. But by the time he got up that morning and between the time he hit his head on the pillow that night, God had given Abram a promise. He had had an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Alpha, the Omega, the only true and living God had come and visited Abram and told him, I will make you a great nation. He said, I will bless you and make you or make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that's Genesis 12, 2 and 3, if you're keeping up with it. But he didn't mention anything about a baby boy. But that's going to have something if I'm going to have all this, all this family. I'm sure Abram would have loved to have had a son to be his heir. But he was 75 at this time. And Sarah was 66. The son had seemingly already set on their child-bearing or bearing and child-rearing years. And so Abram and Sarah, it's actually Sarahi, uh, I know a lot of times we just go ahead and call them Abraham and Sarah, but at that time she was Sarahi. They obeyed God. God said, you got to go. So they packed up their things in faith. They gathered their animals, their servants, started walking to where God was leading. They had to have faith in who he is. They made it as far as the city of Shechem where they set up camp. And once again, God meets with Abraham. And this time, God promised to your descendants, I will give this land. This is music to Abram's ears. God had promised him land before, but more than that, God had promised him a son. Abram was going to be Father Abram. He was going to be a dad. Now, in your mid-20s, that's, that's a celebration. That's a glad time. But in your mid-70s, it takes a look. I can't imagine how much coffee you got to drink at 77 years old to keep up with a, a two-year-old running around. 
Most of us now can't hardly keep up with a two-year-old. But uh, how many we got over 70 in here today? Come on, be honest. There we go. Wouldn't you love to have a, just a strapping young two-year-old running around? Come on. Come on, Sister Joyce. The, the word says y'all could come out of retirement right here. Go on and have you another one. You know I'm picking on you. I think I would fall out if you called me and said, Pastor. <laughs> oh, I got to move on. But God promises you're going to have an heir. You're going to have a son. You're going to have somebody with you. And, and uh, the thing is, with all this promise, God doesn't give them a due date. So they do like most of us do. As soon as God says something, we think it's going to happen right now. So they likely thought, well, hey, our family of two is about to be a family of three right away. So they clear a little more space in the tent. Uh, they work on their diaper changing skills. They set up a schedule who's going to get up in the middle of the night. They build a little bassinet, knitting a blanket, doing all those kind of nesting things that you do. And then one year passes and another year and another year and another. And finally, a decade passed and they still didn't have a baby. But God said, you got to trust what God says. The writer of Genesis wrote in Genesis 16 and 1, Now Sarahi, Abram's wife, bare him no children. She bare him no children. The most difficult part of holding on to faith when God gives you a promise and believing that God will perform what he has promised is often the first word in that scripture, and it's now. Because we want it now. We want to see some results now. We want something to happen now. And I'm sure Abraham could take you, or Abram could take you to the very spot in Shechem where God made him the promise that he would be a dad. He even built an altar there so he wouldn't forget it. But now, when they look now, ten years later, all he has to show is a faded baby blanket and an empty bassinet. No child. But God promised. Faith that used to soar appears to be grounded because of one word, now. And many of us, if not most of us, could walk to the very place that God spoke to you and made you a promise. I can, I can go right to the place. Today, I can go right to the place where God called me into the ministry. I could go stand in that spot where God spoke to me and spoke through a man of God and prophesied and told me what I would be doing. And it came to pass. Not the next day. Years later. Many years. From 1994 to 2007. That's how long it took before it came to pass. But it came to pass. Because you got to trust in who God is. Tell your neighbor, trust in who he is. Yes. You got to trust in him. And so, even if the building that, or the place, maybe it was a church, now maybe it's, you know, one church we had, now it's a, like a rummage sale place. I don't know what it is. You, a lot of people go by there, go in there and shop. They have no idea the number of people that were filled with the Holy Ghost in that little building. They're buying knickknacks and all kinds of things. They don't realize the people whose lives are changed yes. in that place. But the people could tell you where it was at. That's what, in that little room, there's a young lady that's in Scotland today doing missionary work, but that's where she received the Holy Ghost yes. in the floor of that little storefront. And she could go to that place and show you that. We could do that. And maybe he promises, God promises things that I'll, I'm going to save your family. I'm going to use you in ministry. And, and you could walk right to where that word came to you. But this is now. And maybe it hasn't come to pass yet. But God's still God. And it's still impossible for God to lie. And if God gives you a promise, it'll come to pass. Before Sarah ever held that baby, she was given a promise. Before Abraham ever got to say, look at my boy, he was given a promise. But now, the word now, that concept of now has clipped the wings of faith of many saints because they don't understand God's timing. It had been 10 years and Sarahi and Abram were not getting any younger. 
and their family was not getting any larger. So they did what a lot of us do. They tried their hand at giving God a hand. Well, I just helped God out. Put that 16 and 1 back up, bro. Let's read the rest of what happened because they didn't get the now. Now, Sarahi, Abram's wife, bare him no children, but she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And uh, Sarahi got the idea, I'll just give my servant to Abram. Let her bear him a son. I'll just have a son through them. But that's not what God meant. Sometimes we think, well, maybe God didn't really mean what I thought he meant. And maybe I didn't really hear what I thought. Maybe I misunderstood. But God says what he means, and he means what he says. You don't have to try to put your hand into it and help it out and push it and make it happen. What you need to do is trust God. He didn't need Abram's help. He didn't need Sarahi's help. God had a plan. They just got to keep trusting that God is. And so when you get caught in the middle of then and now, then when God spoke and the now that's coming up when it comes to pass, you may start to wonder if you even heard from God. You'll go through so many things, I wonder if God really did say that. But I'm telling you, you trust God. and Don't get weary and well-doing. Keep serving the Lord. Keep walking by faith. Keep doing every day what you're supposed to do. Stay faithful to God because he will bring it to pass. Maybe it wasn't God. Maybe it was just me. Now has the ability to send your faith spiraling into doubt because you do not see what God told you then. God's not going to always show you. Before David ever sat on the throne, he was given a promise and anointed to be king, but it was years before he sat on that throne as king. He didn't show him how he'd be persecuted and chased and hunted. He didn't show him all the things that would, he would go through before he got on that, on that throne. And maybe sometimes David could, could, could sit and wonder while he's hiding in one of those caves or in the wilderness somewhere, how did I get here? May I just be content to be back watching the sheep in my father's field. How did I get here? But David had a secret. He would encourage himself in the Lord. and He would remember that God is on my side. And God did call me. And God did anoint me. And God's going to bring it to pass. Because I believe God's faithful. And we can take a lesson from Abram and Sarahi. Because they lived their life in the middle of, of, of a pause, if you will, between then and now. They were told something then. And now they're just waiting for something to come to pass. We've been kind of doing it. We've talked about that this morning uh, from the time that we decided to purchase this building to the time we close on it. I feel like I'm at the then and the now. I'm in the pause. But the Lord willing, Wednesday at 10 a.m., we'll close on this building and it'll all be done. But it's been hard in the middle. Wondering, did we make the right move? Should we even come over here at all? You know, a lot of questions. And then I'd pray and just trust God. No, I'm going to trust you, God. It's hard sometimes when we get in the middle of that, that space, that wilderness between then and now. We've got to hold on to our faith. Maybe that's why when Jesus talked to Peter and told him, he said, look, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. He said, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. He said, you can, a lot of things can happen, but don't let your faith fail. Keep trusting in who you said I was. You said that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Don't lose that revelation. Don't lose everything you've seen. And I'll tell you this today. While you're waiting for it to come to pass, whatever the promises that's been made, don't give up on God. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep serving God. Keep believing in the Lord. God's going to bring it to pass. Now has the ability to hurt you, but trusting in God will always help you. And so now, even though they couldn't see God's hand in this, let's fast forward about 20 years. Abram is 99. God had changed his name to Abraham, Sarahi to Sarah. And then almost like salt in an open wound, God reminds Abraham of the promise he made to him 24 years, 24 years earlier. Brother Nathaniel, how old are you? 30? 29. So almost 30. Just think if God promises you something today, can you wait to 54 to have it? 
Yeah. It's when you start thinking of it, like if, they had, if he'd have told them you're going to have to wait 24 years, they might have said, well, forget it. Sometimes if we knew how long it would take, we'd walk away right away. But when we learn to walk by faith, yes. the Bible says the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. I might not see the promise, but I have faith that God is faithful. I have faith that God will do it. I have faith that nothing is too hard for the Lord. I have faith that it's going to come to pass. You've got to start just having some faith in God. The church needs a, a new revelation of faith. Well, we've got plenty of programs and plenty of uh, preaching and all kinds of things going on, but if it's not mixed with faith, the scripture even said that for Israel, said, wasn't this word preached to them as well? Said it, but it did not profit them at all. It's the forever settled word of God, and it couldn't even help them because it wasn't mixed with faith. Hearing somebody say that, that he's the healer of all your diseases, it might sound good, but it don't help nothing if you don't believe that he can heal. Right. And saying that God can wash all your sins away don't mean anything, and it won't benefit you at all if you can't have faith that he will. That it happens. We need faith that when we gather together with two or more that in his name that he's there in the midst and that he's able to do. We need to have faith that these signs follow them that believe. Let's stop gathering and denying and let's start gathering and believing that God will do, that signs will follow, that healings will happen, that miracles are coming because God is able to do it. So now, 99 years old and 90 years old, he tells them, I will make you exceedingly fruitful at 99. And I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. Also I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. You know what Abraham did? He doubled over and laughed out loud. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. I am almost a century old. And my wife, oh, I wouldn't tell her, but she is almost a century old. At 75, that's a stretch, Lord. But at 99, look, we've already got a son, Ishmael. Let him be the golden boy. But God said, nope, that's not who I chose. And the next time he comes to visit Abraham and Sarah, he brings them a, a, a baby shower gift. Long before they had sonograms and, and ultrasounds, God gave Abraham the when and what they would have. In Genesis 18 and 10, he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Told them when and what they were going to have. And before the close of that verse, the Bible records a parenthetical sentence that shines a light on Sarah's heart. Because Sarah had always heard what God said through Abraham. But this time it says she was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. When God showed up and started talking this time, she started eavesdropping. She said, I want to hear what God's got to say about this. And, and you know, she could think back 24 years of not having the promise of not being a mother. She could recount of hoping to have a child and not having one. And so when God came with an earshot, she said, I'm going to listen. And when she heard what he said, it said she laughed on the inside. I'm sure she's thinking, I'm 90 now. He's 99. He's worse off than me. He's good as dead. <laughs> Though I wouldn't tell him that. And when she heard the due date, she laughs inside. I can't believe it. He's 99. Now, you know, I, I, I tried to believe it before, but not now. Not now when we were 75 and 66. That's one thing. But now, but God was just one short year away from proving that he would do what he said he would do. And not only that, God heard Sarah laugh and asked her, why did she laugh? And at 90 years old, she lied and denied it. Said, I didn't laugh. And he said, oh, you did. 
And God didn't let her off the hook. But to persuade her, he gives her a question in Genesis 18 and 14. Something we say here all the time. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Then that question, he's saying, you need to think about who I am. And you need to think about what I can do. And you need to understand that there ain't nothing out of my reach. And when I plan it, I'll bring it to pass. And when I promise it, I'll give it. And so before you answer, you think about what I just asked you and who's asking the question. Is there anything? Might be something too hard for your husband. Might be too hard for your kinfolk. But it ain't too hard for me. I'm the Lord. I can do anything. And so, you know, when we read, like in our opening scripture, we read about how that Sarah believed and she conceived strength, or she, she received strength to conceive. And, and you think, man, Sarah was awesome. But it don't sound like the same lady we read about right here. This is the woman who laughed at the promise and who, who tried to help God's hand by sending Hagar in to her husband. And, and she, she was trying everything else to make it work without trusting God. But somewhere between the time she laughed and the time she gave birth, something happened. And sometimes between Genesis and Hebrews, something happened. She believed. She trusted. And she received the miracle. Now, here's a little natural information just to kind of help us understand what kind of miracle this was. According to Central Ohio OBGYN Dr. Michael Sullivan, he says for Sarah to carry and deliver a healthy baby, she absolutely had to have a miracle. At her age of 90, her bones would have been much more brittle than a younger mother in her 20s. Her skin would have been thinner. And above that, her reproductive lifespan was over. Women are born with around 2 million eggs. However, over the course of 40 years, they lose those eggs and become infertile. So a reproductive lifespan is generally around 30 years. As a mother carries a baby, her body gives her baby the calcium needed for the baby's bones and teeth. That makes the mother's bones and teeth much more brittle. Because of the stress of the pregnancy, the mother's liver has to work much harder to keep her and the baby healthy. And with every passing year, as the reproductive life cycle comes to a close, the risk of miscarriage continues to soar. But the greatest stress on a mother is cardiac. That's why many mothers fight pregnancy-induced hypertension near the end of their pregnancies. The baby causes major stress on the mother's heart. And some of those mothers end up with toxemia. And that threatens their lives and or the lives of their babies. And all of those risks are standard for a healthy, expectant mother in her 20s. Add 70 years to that. Add a nomadic lifestyle and add a first pregnancy to a body that has not carried a baby for 90 years and you will see the undeniable need for a miracle if Sarah is going to become a mother. A lot of facts stacked up against the miracle, but faith will always frustrate the facts. Faith will always uh, show you that nothing is impossible with God. I've told it to you before that faith is always greater than the facts. The doctor can say this is how it is. And the prayer of faith can save the sick. The prayer of faith can bring rain. The prayer of faith can save a loved one. Man, let me tell you. People can write us off and doctors can write us off and lawyers can write us off and this world can write us off. But faith in God brings us back around time and time again. It doesn't matter what's going on in the natural. He created the natural. And if he wants it to have a baby at 90 years old, guess what? It's going to have a baby. And she didn't die having it. They had that baby. At some point, Sarah looked past what she could not do. And she looked to what God was going to do. Her doubt shrank. Her faith grew. And her faith in God gave her something. Pull, pull back up Hebrews 11 and 11, brother. Let's read that together one time and see why we need this faith. It says, through faith also herself received strength. Yes. Whatever you're going through, the promise had already been made. Yes. And faith in that promise, faith in God and who he is, gave her strength yes. 
to conceive. Let me tell you, I don't know what God's promised you, but you just keep having faith, and it'll keep you strong. You know, the people that see the answers are the ones that hold on and have faith. Those people that are frustrated and disappointed and walk away from God, that's the ones who gave up on faith and gave up on God and didn't believe that God could come through. But I'm telling you that God can come through. You can't order Him. You can't make it happen when you want it to happen. But if you'll trust God, it'll happen right when it needs to happen. We need to believe God today that He knows the best. He's already been to where you're going. The future ain't a, ain't a question mark to Him. He knows when to give you your miracle. He knows when you're ready for your miracle. He knows when you can handle it. And he told Sarah, so you can handle it at 90. I'd rather have it when I was 20. Yeah. I hadn't talked to you when you was 20. I waited. 24 years. 24 years. That's a lot of months of disappointment. We've had young ladies that we've prayed for. They were new mothers, wanting to be new mothers and Try to have kids, and each month, if they found out they were not expected, it was just like tore their heart out, and they had to start all over again. You know, just couldn't believe it. They were so sure this was going to be the time. This month it was going to be. Was it? It was. It was. It. But then it was, and then it was the time again. Sometimes God will bless you twice. Sister Miriam won't even let me pray for her no more. She said, "No, I don't want more children." We just got to trust in who God is. That's right. And through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child. That means she received the promise when she was past age, even though nobody thought it was possible, even though the odds were stacked against her. Why? Because she judged him, God, faithful, yes. who had promised. Right. I have faith in who he is. I have faith in what he can do. I have faith that nothing is impossible when God faith. is involved. Faith. And the same question that inspired Sarah to have faith is the same question that comes to you and me with every trial or test or every promise that comes our way. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Whatever you're going through today, you put that question on it and it puts everything in a brand new light. Whenever something comes your way, you just say, "Mm, is anything too hard for the Lord? No, it's not puts everything in a new perspective. That's, that's walking by faith and not by sight. And we have even have an advantage over Abram, Abraham and Sarah because we have his word. Yes. And his word is full of his resume as God. When you read about Abraham and Sarah, Moses in the Red Sea, Joshua in Jordan, David and the giant, Elijah and the widow, Daniel and the lions, the Hebrew boys in the fire, Jesus and the storms, Jesus and the demons, Jesus and the grave, And up under all those stories, you'll see the question, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Every one of those were a success story, a victory. And under each one of them, you'll read, is there anything too hard for the Lord? How many knows there ain't nothing too hard for the Lord? Praise God. I'm glad today that I can have faith in God. Woo, man, I feel like my feet want to come off the floor. I feel like I want to jump over this pulpit and run a little bit. Let me tell you, I'm so glad today that we have this power in the Lord. Yes. That God gave us power in his name. And, and just, just have faith. Yes. Just believe it. Just it, Oh, but I'm going to look so stupid if I speak that out. Well, what if you speak it out and believe it yes. and receive it? Yes. That's right. I told somebody this morning, I asked them a question. They looked at I said, you got to speak it out. I speak it out. Just go ahead and say it. Woke up today feeling like you're getting the flu. Oh, I don't feel too good. Don't say that. Say, I feel fine. I'm going to be healed in Jesus' name. I'm going to be better in Jesus' name. I'm going to have faith in Jesus' name. I'm going to trust God's word. He said he's the healer of all my diseases, all my afflictions. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Just have faith in who he is today. And we get ready, and after this service, we're going to have our worship service. People's going to be praying and praising and dancing and jumping. And that don't do you a bit of good if nothing happens. You just got tired, got sweaty, maybe got a little happy. But if ain't nothing happening, if you're not getting changed, you're not getting inspired, if you're not feeling like 
Mm, I'm in love with God when church is over. Oh, I'm glad I served the Lord when church is over. If you just went out and said, wow, we had a good time, but you don't mention, whoo, God was in the house. God was touching. God was blessing. God was healing. God was doing. Hey, man, that don't mean nothing. There's a lot of places people jumping and hooping and hollering. Ain't no God around. I want to have church where there ain't no God around. I want to have church where God is, where the Holy Ghost and fire is falling, where the truth is being preached, where miracles and signs and wonders are falling. I want to be in an apostolic church where things are happening. I got time to read this last story. This is a testimony of a family. Uh, this is not your Abigail either, by the way, in this story. Good to see you, brother, sister Clack. It says, let's meet one more family, Abigail and Arnold. That can be true. Arnold, okay. This happy couple came to know Jesus while working in a very repressive Middle Eastern country. And Jesus knew exactly where they were. They jumped into involvement in the underground church in the country. And during that time, God promised them time and time again that they would have a family. But like Abraham and Sarahi, God did not give them a due date. And as time passed, they found work in a less repressive country. Things were looking up for Abigail and Arnold, but they still didn't have a child. And then one, their once soaring faith was clipped after one devastating miscarriage after another. It became crystal clear that they needed a miracle from God to have a baby. And then Arnold lost his job. He searched and searched for a job but couldn't find one. And they forced him back to his home country while his wife stayed at her job. That once powerful promise seemed like a faded memory. It was clear they needed a miracle to have a baby, for Arnold to have a job, and to be back together again. And ironically, Abigail worked at a fertility clinic. But one day she received a call from one of the largest and most prestigious universities in that country. They offered to hire her immediately, and she felt like this was God's mercy by taking her away from the disappointment of watching others have babies while she went childless. She told her employer she was going to be leaving and working elsewhere. And that's when her employer asked her to wait until she could meet with the owner of the fertility clinic. She waited, walked into that meeting expecting to have to persuade them to transfer her visa to a new job. What she heard next, she did not expect. What will it take to keep you here? Abigail was shocked. And then she just started dreaming out loud. She made several requests, even impossible requests. Number one, my husband needs a good job with solid employment visa. Number two, I need a significant increase in salary. And number three, I need free access to treatments at this clinic. And it would have been much easier for the clinic to hire someone else than to invest in and pay for everything she had asked for. But the owner agreed to all three requests without any conditions. In one short meeting, God breathed life into Abigail and Arnold's dreams. In just a few short months, the godly couple was back together, financially established once again, and would... And that would be helpful to them because now they were expecting twins. Abigail and Arnold could testify. Abraham and Sarah could testify. What God inspired Paul to write, uh, God absolutely meant. Paul said this in Romans 4 and 21. What God had promised, he was able also to perform. What God had promised, he was able also to perform. God don't boast of things he can't do. God don't talk about things that he can't do. When God promises it, he's got the idea in his head, I'm going to bring it to pass. I hope you'll hang in here with me. I hope you'll stay faithful during the pause. While from the time I speak it to the time you get it, I hope you'll hang in here and keep trusting me. Because if you do, you're going to reap the reward. And so if you're clinging to a promise made to you, whether from his written word, through the preached word, through prophecy, through your devotion to him, Keep clinging to his promise. Don't let go. Don't give up on what God has spoken to your life. His timing might not always satisfy your impatience. But when he's ready and when you're ready, he will always perform on every promise that he has made. Don't you believe that today? Yes. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and just thank him this morning that God's faithful. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the faithfulness of the Lord? Let me tell you, somebody needs to hear this today because you're right in the middle of something. You've got a situation happening in your life. You're trying to figure out, did I even hear from God? Mm. Let's stand together this morning for a second.
I know it's Sunday school and you're supposed to read your lesson and get on with things, but let me tell you, this is a good opportunity for you to exercise your faith. Here's a time for you to, to reassess where you are right now and put the question onto your, onto your situation. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? You know, oh, you don't know what I'm facing. I need a financial miracle. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I need a touch in my body. You just don't understand. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I got a family that needs to be saved. I got situations at home. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I'm struggling in my ministry. I'm trying to figure out my direction. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Glory to God. Yeah, come on, let faith rise up in this place right now.
lifting up miracles right now. I know we think, well, this only happens at the altar service during the worship part of some church, but God's moving right now. You can step out right now and get your miracle. You can step out right now and let God move in your life. Come on, pray for your neighbor. Pray for your friend. Pray for somebody. Let faith move. You got faith. God gave it to you. But God has given to every man the measure of faith. Pray for somebody. Pray the prayer of faith. The Lord needs you. Suck. 
in the Holy Ghost today. You've been praying for healing in your body. Praying for healing for a loved one. We read so many miracles instantaneous in the scripture and we think maybe God's not going to heal because it didn't happen right then, it didn't happen right away. But let me tell you, I want you to hear in the Holy Ghost day, God's going to be a healer. You just got to keep trusting. God's going to bring it to pass. This is not going to destroy you. It's not going to take you out. But you're going to be strong and you're going to stay in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God's going to come through. God's going to make a way. God's going to be a healer. Reminded of the story in the scripture where the ten lepers came. Want to be made whole. So the Lord told him, he said, well, you just go show yourself to the priest and take from an offering the things that, that Moses said. And they, they leave and go their way, but they get healed along the way. He could have touched them all right there, spoke them clean right there, Brother Terry. He could have said, right here now, clean. He said, let's, let's have a little faith walk. It'll happen. Go on. Go your way. Because somebody else needs to see your walk. Somebody else needs to see your walk of faith. See, if we, everybody just got healed instantaneously, a lot of times there wouldn't be, wouldn't be a whole lot of testimonies going on anymore. But somebody needs to see that I can still walk in the Word and walk with the promise of the Word and trust that if He said it, He'll do it. And so along the way, they look down and just happen really, hey, we're not lepers anymore. But it happened along the way. I'm sure maybe they thought, hey, you know that one leper? touched him and he was clean so why not and maybe some even doubted a little bit but they all gathered together and went faith will inspire people might have been some going I thought he would have got us right now but oh come on let's go let's, let's just go and see what happens faith is contagious sometimes if you just have faith just like faithlessness is contagious you start doubting always down in the mouth always discouraged that brings people down. And then people start leaving you alone. <laughs> Have faith in God. And trust Him. Believe in Him. He's going to bring it to pass. Amen. How many feel refreshed today? How many faith is a little, a little higher today? I'm praying by the end of this church service today, it's going to be soaring in the name of Jesus. We're going to see miracles and wonders in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's find a place to, to pray. Well, I know it's almost 12 now. We'll start up about 12, 15. We'll get, we'll get started. So we'll get you some water, get cooled down. Let's come back in and worship the Lord in this house.
Praise the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and try to get started. If you're just coming in and wondering why we're starting late, woo! 